Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talk to Dan Freed of Find My Formula, and that is a nootropics company. Now, I have been using nootropics here for, I think, about two and a half months or so, and it's all about, you know, helping your brain operate on a, uh, not, not a higher level, but like taking advantage of the potential of what your brain has to offer. Dan has a very interesting story because he's a high school dropout, but he later went to earn two master's degrees, one of which is from Yale, and then he started a company. So he got very interested in nootropics as he was trying to uh, test for grad school. So he was taking the GMAT and was exploring his options. And that is how we got into nootropics. So it's a very interesting story. Dan tells it way better than me, but I think you'll find it very interesting. And at the end, I'll pepper in some of my own productivity tips. Now, before I send it over to the interview, I want to mention that I'm an affiliate for Find My Formula. So if you purchase Find My Formula using my affiliate link, I will get a commission, which I definitely appreciate. However, cool thing for you is you can save 20%. So I'll put a link in the description, show notes and all that. So just follow that link and you could use the coupon code Doug, which is my name, just D-O-U-G. You can save 20% by doing that. So do check it out. Like I said, I'm a happy user of Find My Formula. I typically use um, like three to five formula packs per week typically. And sometimes like when I first started using it and I was testing it out a lot more, I I was using like probably 10 packs per week, something like that. So during the normal work week, I would take two packs and it was fine. Um, basically, I've sort of tapered down just a little bit for the work that I'm doing right now. And it's just because of this specific work that I'm doing, which is a lot of recording podcasts and stuff like that. So highly encourage you to check out Find My Formula if you are interested in nootropics. So let's send it over to the interview with Dan. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here and I'm sitting with Dan Freed. How are you this evening? I'm good. How about you? Doing really well, doing well. We were just talking about the weather, like I always do uh, with uh, basically everyone. And uh, it's it's a little warm here today in Colorado. And how is it in New York? It was rainy most of the day. So it's warm and humid, um, but it hasn't rained for a while. So that's it's a change, which is nice. <clears throat> and you need, you need the rain, I guess, every now and then. So cool. Well, you're from Find My Formula, right? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I know there's a little bit of rebranding, which we may come to in a second, just because I'm interested in all those kind of details too. But um, for the people that don't know you, Dan, can you give a little intro about yourself and then also about Find My Formula? So my my story of how I got here is um, not that brief, but I can I'll, I'll keep it as tight as I can. Um, for as long as I can remember, I've had trouble focusing. Um, in school, you know, every once in a while I would do okay, but for the most part, um, 
it was just a struggle. I couldn't retain information. I hated studying. I would procrastinate on my work. And when I was 16, I ended up dropping out of high school. Um, and I mean, at that point, I think I was failing all of my classes. Um, and then I ended up working in fast food. I was a sandwich artist at Subway. Um, and I, I don't even know how many sandwiches I made and how many onions, pounds and pounds of onions I, I used to cut every day. Um, and then, you know, through a couple of really lucky breaks, I ended up becoming a chef. And I, I traveled around the world for about 10 years cooking in different restaurants. Uh, I was fortunate enough to work in a Michelin three-star restaurant in France. Um, I worked on cruise ships, so for a while I was constantly traveling. Um, and then in my late 20s, I decided to switch careers. Um, given that, you know, I, I never went to culinary school, I never went to college, I didn't even have a high school diploma, my options were really limited. And I decided to go back to school. It was, you know, I, I was already very successful as a chef, making good money, had a great lifestyle, and it didn't really make sense for me to go to like community college or even a four-year four school and then come out and I'd be making significantly less money. Uh, so I, you know, called a couple schools and I found one in the UK uh, that agreed to admit me directly into their MBA program. And, you know, that sounded, sounded much more interesting to me and the opportunities I would have afterwards uh, was exactly what I was looking for. And the one, um, so they interviewed me and the one requirement they had was that I had to get an 80th percentile on the entrance exam. So I can remember uh, my ex-girlfriend, she was my girlfriend at the time, she had studied uh, for the test and she just gave up. So she had all these books and she me and I sat down and I tried to take a practice test the first day and I couldn't even make it to the end. Um, it had high level math, com combinatorics, permutations, all of these things that I had no idea how to do uh, and I'd been out of school for so long. So I, I mean, I, I almost gave up, but I, I tried out so many different things just to see like, you know, I had always struggled with not being able to focus and I was just done. I was like, there has to be something that's going to help me. Other people can do it. I should be able to do it. Uh, and that's when, you know, among other things, I got really into nootropics and I came up with a system of testing different, uh, if, if anybody doesn't know, nootropics are cognitive enhancers. Um, so they're things you know, some of them are vitamins, some of them are different types of supplements that you can take to improve your cognition. Um, and I found a couple that really worked. Uh, it wasn't just that they worked, it was like a game changer for me. Um, and before I knew it, I started scoring better on the test. For once I could like sit for four hours and complete it. Right. Uh, and eventually when I took the test, I ended up getting in the 99th percentile, um, which dramatically changed my options for schools. Uh, I was accepted into one of the top MBA programs in the world, uh, INSEAD, and so I started in Singapore, I finished in France, and from there I got a scholarship uh, to get another master's degree at Yale. And, you know, I had never been in school as an adult, and I found, like, the academic experience 
was amazing. Like once I could actually sit through a class and participate in it and surrounded by all these amazing people, I loved it. Uh, so I continued uh, my education at Yale and I kind of dove into cognitive science, neuroscience, public health uh, much deeper um, and then moved to New York and uh, worked in a few startups before I finally started my own. Gotcha. Wow. That's pretty amazing. And um, yeah, I just, I actually don't have that much trouble focusing and did pretty well through school, slightly overachieving, like through high school and stuff like that. Then college kicked my ass, but it's very interesting that you had like the opposite. Cause I was like, I'm not going to go to grad school ever. Like I've had enough. So um, yeah, super interesting. And did you find like people were like really surprised to hear like your story and how you got there, like your peers in grad school and everything? Yeah. Uh, that was something that, you know, before I can remember when I got to INSEAD, you know, my, my peers were from investment banks, consulting companies. I didn't even know what McKinsey was. Uh, when I got into the school and I'm surrounded by all of these people and their lives, you know, NCAD is a really diverse school, so it's full of people from all over the world. Um, but it was very difficult for me to adjust to that type of environment and to be constantly surrounded by uh, those people with a very different background from my own. Yeah, that was extremely diplomatic way to put it. So <laughs> nice. Um, so how did you start like testing some nootropics? Do you remember some of the early ones that you tried? Were they off the shelf? And then how did you develop your like testing protocol, which I found like super interesting as I was doing research, uh, to prepare for the interview here, I was like, oh, that's, that's brilliant how you did that. So can you kind of take people through that? Yeah. So I, I think the first ones I bought were off of Amazon. Uh, I bought some, out of GNC. Um, and you know, I, I just kept switching brands. I couldn't find something that worked really well. There were some things that kind of worked. Um, so I knew that there was something there. Um, and what was really, what really did it was, um, I bought all of these different things and, and they were accumulating, uh, and I, I started buying like the raw ingredients. So like, you know, single ingredients, not a pre-formulated stack um, and getting into some of the, you know, reading the clinical trials and all of this. But what really did it was I just took everything and I gave it to my roommate, like all, all of my supplies. And I said, listen, you know, at this point, I don't know what's working or not because I've done all this research. I have this huge placebo effect. Why don't you just take these, put them in bags for me, label it like day one, day two, day three, and I'm going to take them. And I have no idea what I'm taking. Uh, and I hooked up a bunch of productivity tracking apps to my computer. Uh, and I just kept journals and notes of all these different things. You know, how many times do I check social media? Uh, how long are my study or work sessions? Um, things like that. And I said, if these things are working, I should notice a difference. The data will show what, what's actually working. And after a couple of months, I, I went back and I looked 
and it was really clear. Some ingredients had a huge impact on my overall productivity and well-being. Some things just didn't work for me. Um, and that, that was kind of how I started the company. Um, my friends saw that I was doing this. Um, at, the, at that time when I was doing like the fully blinded trials, a lot of my friends were academics. Um, and so they said, hey, like this looks interesting. Can you make me one? And so I started making these trial packs for friends out of my apartment and these people loved it. And before I knew it, like people are texting me like, wow, this was amazing. Where can I buy some? Uh, and I started selling them. And then one day, you know, I, I was working in a bunch of different startups at that point. Uh, and I was like, I have these people texting me trying to buy this thing. Like, why don't I just do this? Uh, I put up an ad on, I think our first one was on AdWords on Google, Google. And then we got our first real customer and then we got more and more. And before I knew it, you know, we had hundreds and then thousands of people going through this trial. Uh, and that's how the company started. Wow. And how long ago was that? Was it pretty quick to ramp up? Uh, so we had, we had a lot of setbacks it ramped up really quick in the first couple of weeks. Once, once I put up that ad and we had live customers, you know, some people loved it. Some people hated it. The packaging wasn't right. There were tons of little glitches to work out. Uh, we were profitable from, I think week two. Um, and this was also, you know, nootropics were relatively new. And so the people, uh, when I think of our packaging, like I was making this stuff at my apartment, putting pills into different bags. It wasn't really professional at all. Um, and it's amazing that these people would do something like that, like trust a, such a young company uh, with their brains. Uh, it still amazes me. Um, yeah. And then, you know, my co-founder came on board shortly after that, my, my first co-founder, um, and we started building out the technology product and, and scaling up. Very cool. And, um, one thing that I assumed you could tell me if I'm incorrect or correct, but yeah, I saw some, uh, like off the shelf nootropics from like GNC and I almost bought it. And then I was like doing a tiny bit of research and kind of, I was like, it has to be a compromise, right? Cause there are so many different ingredients in there they it has to be like just barely effective and just like i said a compromise for every aspect where one thing i love about formula is it's like specifically um sort of uh each formula you'll say it in a, in a better way dan but like basically each formula has its strengths and weaknesses and it's a different set of ingredients and that makes perfect sense to me versus like okay every day um i try and take a nootropic from like GNC or wherever, it will just be a compromise across the board. So is that a correct assumption or not, not correct? Yeah, you explained it really well. Um, the way I look at it, it's, it's absurd. Um, the way these companies, like the, the standard way most nootropics companies operate is they get a formulator. So usually somebody with a PhD, something like that, They'll go through, they'll read the clinical trials, they'll say, hey, these ingredients have shown to improve cognition, let's throw them all in a pill. We have the best formula, it's gonna work amazing for everybody, take it every day. Um, 
and your brain just doesn't work like that. So your brain is different from my brain. Like you said, you were able to focus in school. That wasn't your problem. That wasn't your limitation. Mine was completely different. Uh, and that's because of my unique brain chemistry. Um, and so what we did, you know, the first, we, we tested more than a hundred different ingredients on thousands of people and got instant feedback on what's working and what's not. So we eliminated all the ingredients that weren't having a noticeable impact on people. And then we started bundling them together into stacks, which are basically formulas that have a synergistic effect. And people started reporting, you know, um, and th this was amazing to me. People were like, listen, when I take this pack, and back then I think it was just numbers, you know, so it's like when I take the number one pack, I feel so much energy and I'm really social. When I take the number two pack, like I just want to sit down and get work done. Um, and then that was kind of like the next step where we started making these stacks for specific goals uh, where people could, you know, and it still basically works like this, where we recommend them uh, a number of different uh, packs to try, and then they tell us which ones they like the best. Very cool. And yeah, and I generally tried to follow like, um, you know, there's a logic formula uh, pack. And like, if I'm doing like spreadsheet work or analytics or something, then I'll, I'll take that. And then if I'm doing like, uh, you know, writing or maybe doing some brainstorming or something, then the creativity. So I found it to be, you know, relatively, um, like what I expected. So, you know, this one reason why we're talking, by the way, I was like, Hey, this is great. It's, <laughs> it's actually working for me. So what, what do you do, Dan? Like on a daily basis, do you, do you take one, two packs? Like, how do you, what, what's your sort of regimen? So I try to, and, and this is probably what helped me out the most, uh, aside from just nootropics. So, you know, we, we didn't touch on different workout routines, dieting, things like that. Uh, but I try to structure my days around specific types of tasks. So, you know, I'll have a creative day where I'm doing a lot of content, blog posts, podcasts, things like that. I'll have, you know, an analytics day where I'm optimizing our ad campaigns. I'm working in spreadsheets, stuff like that. Um, and I found, you know, structuring my week like that around specific types of tasks, the nootropics just fit in. It's like a natural. I know like, okay, I'm going to be doing a lot of writing today. It's my creativity stack. Um, the, the one that I use more as needed is the energy one. So, you know, if I'm not sleeping that much, uh, which sometimes is common, uh, I'll take an energy pack the next day. Uh, I, I also use that for any type of heavy workout. Got it. Cool. And that, um, yeah, that totally makes sense as well. And actually, since you mentioned diet and working out and stuff like that, um, definitely interested in hearing about that. As we were doing the sound check earlier, I asked you what you had for breakfast. You said nothing and you haven't had anything. You're a couple hours different. So it is solidly dinner time. So what are you doing right now? Are you intermittent fasting or fasting for a little longer or what's going I'm on? I'm just hungry. <laughs> <laughs> You're just hungry. Um, so I, I, fast. I do short fast, long fast, intermittent fasting, a lot of different uh, types. Uh, it has a lot of benefits and it's helped me out a lot. Today, it was just from the second I woke up, I've been running between meetings. Uh, I was late to this uh, and I just did not physically have time to sit down and eat, which I would not recommend. Okay. 
It's a little different. So I'm, I'm keeping you from dinner. So, all right, we will, we'll be, uh, we'll be <laughs> quick about this. Um, cool. And I, I was going to say, I've been, uh, like experimenting with some intermittent fasting and really have found it helpful just overall, like from a productivity standpoint, but also it made it really obvious when I was eating like a bad combination of food, uh, Maybe it's really tasty, like say pizza, which I love, but if I have like some pizza or like a big sandwich with a lot of carbs and bread and stuff like that, I would just be like, I want to take a nap all afternoon, which now, you know, it's, it's obvious to me now that I've done this for a few weeks and I'm fasting, uh, like maybe two to four times a week, but really helpful. So, um, I guess from your perspective and experience, is there a way that you would recommend someone like dabble in intermittent fasting if they want to try it out and maybe get some of the same benefits? Yeah. I mean, so with diet, uh, I was, I was lucky, you know, I, I've always, I've never been overweight in my life. And I can remember one of the courses I took at Yale, uh, I was with their public health school and it was on, uh, interventions for obesity. And we were evaluating all these different interventions. We used to have doctors who did bariatric surgery come into the class. And we, we had all these different types of things. And, you know, we talked to patients. So we talked to people who were obese. And just from like a cognitive science standpoint, like all of these people were so motivated to change their behavior uh, and to, to get slim. Like some of them were literally dying. Uh, because they couldn't change how they they consumed food, uh, and and there are some that had disorders and things like that. So I don't want to just lump everybody in. Um, but for the most part, these people were trying for behavioral change and they couldn't do it. So that's when uh, I said, "Well, I've never been on a diet. Let me try some stuff and see what it's actually like." So I did more of an experience, and then the benefits I got. I mean, I did I did all of these, you know crazy fad diets, juice cleanses. I did the master cleanse where you're drinking, you know, cayenne pepper and, oh, yeah, yeah. um, and, uh, all these different types of caloric restriction. Um, and I found a couple things that were really helpful. Uh, for me, um, ketosis is amazing. Uh, I never stay in it for more than a month or two. Um, but I go back and forth, you know, for cognitive benefits and also just for energy levels. Uh, and I'll go into full ketosis. So I, I prepare all my meals. Um, and then I, I basically just take a crock pot, put a huge chunk of meat in, fresh vegetables. Uh, and usually, like, I do a lot of curries, uh, Thai curries, something like that for flavoring because it goes good with coconut milk, which is pure fat. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just eat that for a week and then I cook another batch. Nice. And for the people that don't know, what is ketosis? So ketosis is when your body switches over from, um, running on glucose, uh, to running on ketones. And it's basically like starvation mode. It was a diet, uh, that was first, it's still prescribed today, um, for certain disorders, uh, especially around like epilepsy. Um, yeah. And, uh, it, 
I can feel my body switch over. So when I go into uh, ketosis, you know, and there's ways to test. They have the pee sticks, they have the blood test. Now they have uh, where you can test the ketones in your breath. Um, but I feel different and my energy levels and my performance change. And in some ways it's good. In some ways it's not that great. Gotcha. And like, um, I imagine it's pretty, you know, it can be difficult to eat that diet. So is that why you only stick to it for like a month or so, or are there some other reasons too? Uh, the, it is difficult. Um, especially with my lifestyle right now, uh, I live above a bakery. So that's, <laughs> that's also kind of difficult. Uh, the main thing is I usually hit a point where I plateau. Uh, so at the gym, uh, ketosis isn't great uh, for weightlifting and putting on weight. Uh, and usually I'll go into ketosis, I'll lose a lot of weight really quick. You know, sometimes it's actually, usually it's about 15 pounds in the first month or two. And then I notice my lifts just plateau. Like I'm not making any more progress and that's usually when I'll pull myself out of it. Gotcha. Wow. 15 pounds. And is it mostly like fat and you just like lean up or do you, is it kind of like across the board? Uh, it's across the board. So, uh, a lot of it is water weight that comes right back afterwards and just, there's, there's a bunch of different things that happen to your body. Uh, usually after about six weeks in ketosis, I get a six pack which is great. <laughs> um, so time that for like beach, beach weather and then like winter time you could put on the, the fat. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I mean, keto is not for everyone. Uh, my body responds really well to it. Uh, it. It's similar to like brain chemistry. You have to find the diet that works well for you. Um, I don't suffer from keto flu very often. Uh, and I, when I do, I have minerals that I take that, that mitigate it. Um, but if you've never tried it, I would recommend it. And one of the interesting things, uh, some of the nootropics will impact me differently when I'm in ketosis. And we don't exactly know why, um, but we've had enough customers tell us, you know, when I'm in ketosis and I take this stack, I feel amazing. Interesting. And I guess it kind of, I mean, I guess it makes, well, you, you would know, right. Does it make sense? Like your brain's running off like ketones instead of glucose, right? So all that would change along with the nootropics that you're taking, I guess. Right. I don't know. It does. We, it's unclear exactly what the mechanism of action would be that would have such a dramatic impact. Um, but it's, like the interesting thing, so our company, I look at it as a bioinformatics company. And we're basically, the way that the data is structured is very similar to a clinical trial. So we have this massive data set of people doing all these different types of activities from doctors studying for their board exams, uh, lawyers studying, you know, uh, for the bar. And we keep track of all of these things. So they say, this is my goal, this is my demographics, this is like what other things I'm doing in my life, whether it's keto, um, what type of diet they're on, all of that stuff. And then we see which nootropics work best for them. And over the course of the company, we have thousands of profiles like that. And every once in a while, we notice something like, hey, you know, the people who are going for this goal, 
a lot of them are saying that these nootropics are working. Sometimes we've been able to kind of like deduce uh, why it is that that's working. And sometimes we haven't. We just see a very strong correlation. Interesting. Gotcha. So for the people, actually, before we get into some of the recommendations and stuff, where did you get the first sets of ingredients and stuff? Like when you were making your own uh, formulas and stacks and you were experimenting in that first set? And then, you know, where do you source everything now? Uh, the first set came from Powder City. They're out of business now. Uh, they were the largest nootropics manufacturer back when I was getting really into it. Anybody that's been around nootropics for, I think they've been out of business for two years now. Um, but of the people that were starting in nootropics around that time, everybody knows them. Um, and now um, we, we have, so my background as a chef, I have a lot of experience with supply chain. And one of the decisions we made early on is we want, you know, a very clean supply chain. And so what that means is all of our ingredients are third party lab tested for purity. We actually, uh, one of our customers is a PhD student, I believe in chemistry. Uh, and one of his projects that he did as a side project for, for his, um, professor for his class. Uh, was to test all of our ingredients. And so he ran these tests. Uh, he sent us the spectrometer readings, all of that, uh, and they're pure, uh, which we pride ourselves in. So if you buy a product from our company, you know what's it, what it says on the label is exactly what's in there, nothing else. Um, we test for heavy metals, all of that stuff. We also source all of our ingredients from the U.S., from suppliers in the U.S., uh, which makes it more expensive, um, but it's just a much better supply chain from our perspective. Cool. That is another thing that I appreciated. Again, if you're just, I mean, you could try to buy stuff on Amazon, but who knows where it comes from? And I'm like, well, I don't want to just take stuff and maybe be taking too much and like kill my liver. I enjoy drinking beer. So I just want to yeah. Let my liver work on that, the beer, not the nootropics. So anyway, for people that would want to get started and, and maybe test out nootropics and they've never taken anything before, um, like what's your recommendation, Dan? So, of course, our products. <laughs> um, my recommendations for people that are new to nootropics, like on a – on a high level are try more than one. So in our starter kits, uh, there's always at least two different formulas, usually three or more. Uh, a lot of people, and this, this is probably the biggest thing that I see is people will go and they'll buy something from GNC or they'll buy it off of Amazon and it'll be expensive. They'll take a couple of pills and it won't work. And then they just give up. And you know, I'm so grateful that because I had that same experience and instead of giving up, I took like this systematic approach and I kept trying it, uh, but it's expensive. Um, don't just give up. Nootropics work. Like the, the question by far, the question I get the most is, you know, do nootropics work? The question people should be asking is which nootropics work for me. Gotcha. And, um, 
I guess, is there like a guideline for if it doesn't work? Because obviously certain uh, formula stacks are not going to be like right for a certain person. Obviously, like if you have an upset stomach and you get a headache, like that's bad. Like there's something that's not working working with your system on that. Um, are there any other like symptoms that someone could observe or side effects that are not positive that would tell someone like, hey, this this particular stack is not for me? Yeah. Uh, so we we've mapped out all of the side effects and you know the leading uh, indicators that something's a good fit. So uh, when somebody takes new peps, which is one of our star ingredients, it's a peptide, very powerful nootropic, and they get a headache. That's a probably genetic response. It's never going to get better. So that means every single time you take it, you're going to get a headache, uh, and it's not a good fit for you. When somebody takes our creativity formula, uh, less than 5% will report mild nausea the first time. If they report that, we tell them, try it a couple of times if you're comfortable with it, and it usually goes away. Um, the logic formula, we found that an indicator that it's a good fit is super sensory perception, which is amazing. I haven't actually experienced it. I'm very jealous, uh, but people will take it and they say like, colors just seem more vivid. I think my hearing's better. I notice smells, um, like their sentences are heightened. Uh, and again, that's not the majority of the population. That's a, a smaller minority. Uh, but for people who experience that, we know, hey, that's that's great. Um, so we we have this wealth of information. There's some uh, ingredients that you'll notice a benefit or side effect immediately. Some it will take you know a week or two to show up, and we know which ones those are. So we know you know if somebody's taking paracetam and after the first week they're reporting these three benefits, it's going to get better if they take it for four weeks in a row. Gotcha. And I, I remember reading that in the documentation that, that you guys had where, like you said, some of them, it takes a little while. Is it like it needs to sort of like build up in your system or your system? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and sorry, which uh, formula stack was that one that had the paracetam? Uh, paracetam's in the logic. Uh, so the logic stack for you is oxyracetam and paracetam. Uh, the paracetam, you're not going to really notice benefits uh, immediately, but the oxyracetam, you are. Um, so all of our formulas are have at least one ingredient that's going to give you an immediate impact. Some of them, when taken regularly, have long-term benefits. And we, we help people cycle. Um, and all of our customers can text us, email us, and we're working on building out uh, an app where they can track it. So we tell them, you know, take this for one week take this, um, how to cycle back and forth between the different formulas. Okay. And then just curious about you personally, like, do you take, um, do you, do you take any days off during the week or every day you're taking at least one pack? So I have a couple different modes that I go into. Um, right now I'm working, you know, six to seven days. I usually take nootropics, uh, almost every day that I work. Um, I also work long hours. Again, I'm not recommending it, so that usually means two packs. 
Um, I would say that I'm an outlier from who most of our, like how most people use nootropics. Um, but I've been using nootropics for years. Uh, I also, every once in a while, I'll cycle off everything for a week. Um, and then I also have testing mode. So sometimes I'll go and that's when I control a lot of inputs into my body. So I make sure my diet's stable, my exercise routine, all of that. And then I test out new formulas and new ingredients on myself. Um, but right now I'm doing, you know, usually two packs a day, six days a week. Cool. Got it. And, um, if I am correct, uh, each formula pack is, uh, I guess it's like, uh, the dosage is low enough so that you could take two per day and it's not going to like destroy any organ or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so none of our products are hard on the liver. Um, it's not going to destroy any organs. Uh, we recommend two packs a day. I would never recommend you take more than two packs a day. I have taken more than two packs a day and I'm okay. Um, to tell you like, so for safety, uh, I take them daily. My co-founder does, uh, my family does. So I have a bunch of different family members on it. Uh, our, Medical advisor is an MD, PhD at Penn, who is my classmate at Yale, one of the smartest guys I know. Uh, and we take, you know, what, when we select an ingredient to sell to people, we conduct an in-house systematic review. We look at, you know, are there any adverse events? Uh, and we have all this information published on our new website. Um, so we choose, we're highly selective. We don't sell anything that's addictive except for caffeine. Uh, and most of our formula, all of our form formulas are available without caffeine. A lot of people choose to get it without caffeine. Some people want it. Um, yeah. So as far as safety, we, we take that very seriously. People are trusting us with their brains. Indeed. All right, cool, Dan. Well, uh, thanks for joining me today. Is there any other stuff that you want to mention? Obviously, people could find you over at Find My Formula, and I'll put links for everything. But um, yeah, any any other things you want to share? No, I mean, it's always great to talk to a customer and somebody who's happy with our products. Um, I was looking through your your YouTube channel, and I can remember – you know, even even while I've been working on this company, I've had side gigs and I've had to um, just to make ends meet, you know, and a lot of times, you know, I taught myself marketing. I taught myself paid acquisition um, by watching YouTube videos from people like you. Uh, and I know how hard it is to stay motivated and, and to manage all those things. And um, it's amazing. You know, like the, the company's grown a lot. Um, it's amazing to see where it is now and to make all of those hours of like, you know, it was, it was so, so difficult in the beginning, uh, to see it finally pay off. You know, we, we closed an investment this week, uh, a larger investment. Uh, we just hired, uh, we just had one person start this week. We have another person starting next week. Uh, and so for the people that are watching your channel, uh, similar to me, you know, two years ago, uh, just keep going. Like it, it, it's so worth it when it finally pays off. Yeah. Yeah. You said it, man. It looks like you're in, you're in a hole and maybe you are, but like, if you keep, you keep digging out, like you'll get out. 
you'll get out yeah. of it. So. And, and it's the same, like, um, so and I go back, you know, maybe a couple times a year to visit family, and every once in a while I see some of my friends. And to see the alternative option, the people that do just kind of like give up, um, I knew that I would never be happy like that. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong. Like, not everybody has to have a side gig. Not everyone has to be an entrepreneur. Um, but I just, you know, as hard as it is, it's so much more rewarding. And this is the life that I wanted. Totally. Yep. And I bet we can go on and on, but I'll, I'll just underscore that with, I mean, I, I was very complacent and luck, like, luckily I got laid off while I was doing some other things, but it's very easy to, um, to just settle. But I, I feel like maybe your personality based on your story is similar to mine. You, you get obsessed with stuff, right? And you like pull the thread until you you've unraveled the whole thing, right? Yeah. So I think that obsessive thing, you know, it's a double-edged sword. You got pros and cons with it, but yeah, it does really uh, pay off at the end. So, well, thanks a lot, Dan. I will let you uh, get some food. What are you going to eat, by the way? What, what are you going to eat today? I don't know. Uh, I'm in New York right across from Union Square, so I will probably get something fast. Right. Um, probably not very healthy, Um yeah, I, that's the other thing about being obsessive and just the way my lifestyle is now. Um, we worked very hard to close this investment and, you know, to, to build up the company. The last month has been uh, crazy. And because of that, my diet, uh, my exercise routine, all of that stuff suffered. Uh, and my biggest priority now is going to be getting back to healthy um, and to, to where I'm happiest. Right on. Well, thank you, Dan. Really appreciate your time. Uh, have a good evening. Okay, you too. Thanks again to Dan and Find My Formula. I really do appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this interview, then you will probably enjoy the interview with his co-founder, Adam Greenfeld. And that was an episode a couple, I don't remember which one, a couple episodes ago. So you could find it in the podcast feed. And additionally, on YouTube, I do a teardown, a review, like an unboxing situation of Find My Formula. And I talk about how I use uh, different formula stacks for the different work that I'm doing. So I go into it fairly deeply and I'll put a link in the show notes and description so you could find it on your own. And like I said, check it out if you're interested. You actually go through a questionnaire with Find My Formula so that you're able to get the exact formula stacks that potentially will work for what you are trying to accomplish. So if you're interested in nootropics, probably you want to get more done, right? You want to accomplish more in the same amount of time. And I think there's a few like key tips that are pretty universal and I feel safe, uh, very safe, just recommending these few items. So number one, I think getting enough rest is huge. I know for me personally, when I am rested versus when I am you know, sleep deprived, especially you know if I'm running like a sleep debt over the course of several weeks or something like that, like 
I may be able to get a couple good hours of focus, um, like when I first get up. But then after that, like I am really, really struggling to just do simple tasks and to connect, I guess, like more complicated dots um, is really hard when I'm sleep deprived. So number one, if you can get more sleep, get more quality sleep, you will probably just have a productivity boost in general. The other big thing related to health, and and by the way, these first two are really just health related. And like, if you can get these things right, you're probably going to be just healthier in general. You'll get more done. You'll be less stressed out and all those sorts of things. So number two is doing some kind of physical activity. I know they say to get like 30 minutes of cardio a few times a week or something like that. I think that's just like barely scratching the surface. Like I end up walking outside for usually over two hours per day because I have a dog, Georgie. Um, if people hear a collar and uh, like a, a uh, like some tags jingling, that is literally what it is. If you ever hear that in the podcast, that's Georgie shaking her head there. And I'm outside pretty often, even in you know, poor weather and stuff like that. If it's raining, I'm still going outside. On top of that, and by the way, I'm not saying I'm like the pinnacle of productivity or anything like that, but I have heard this many times and it's honestly, it's pretty well documented. Hence, that's why I feel so safe throwing out these uh, fairly strong recommendations. So if you do stuff outside, don't bring earphones, right? Don't be distracted. Don't do other things. But if you can go outside, walk around, you know, be outdoors, like that's a really good thing for your brain. Further, like on top of just walking outside, if you can do some kind of physical activity that's either cardio or um, like like light weights, something like that, where you're like working out your muscles, that's also super helpful. All that stuff, like, I mean, it in, increases your circulation and generally makes you healthier. Sometimes you get a sleep benefit from doing the exercise too. I know me personally, if I, you know, perhaps I, I'm injured or something or I got too busy and I got lazy and I didn't work out, didn't go to the gym or something like that. Over the course of a week, if I do, if I miss the gym enough, I don't sleep as well. So it's a bit of like stress relief for me as well. So get some sleep, get some exercise, get more exercise than what they recommend is the bare minimum, right? You you basically don't want to be doing the bare minimum. That is just enough to get started. And next, I'm going to give two tips that are more purely productivity related. Now, because I get a lot of emails and I spend a lot of time chatting with people in the audience um, that are readers of the blog, listeners of the podcast, or YouTube viewers, I know that there are a couple items that people kind of goof up on. I've also goofed up in these areas, and as I've gotten better, I'm not batting a thousand, by the way, but as I've gotten better, I have noticed that I get more done in less time. So number one thing, well, I guess this is number three if we're counting from the beginning, but it's very important to understand what you're working on when you sit down to do that work. Now, a lot of I know a lot of people are 
doing something as a side hustles, your time is very limited. You have a full-time gig, you have a family potentially, you have other hobbies and things you need to do. And if you sit down and you have, say, let's say you have one hour per day that you can dedicate to the side project that you're very passionate about. If you sit down and then you have to do like 30 minutes of research before you even get started doing like in air quotes, like the task that you wanted to accomplish, then you are wasting like half your time. Now, I do understand you do have to do the research. So like at some point you have to do that work, but if you could sit down and know what you're going to work on, you can have that whole block of time dedicated to actually getting the work done, not doing the prerequisite research, not trying to figure out what to work on. Now, if you do have to figure out what to work on, that's that's understandable, that's fine. But you could set that up in its own planning session and then save the actual like work and the task to be done for the work block. I find that it can be really helpful to batch certain pieces of work together. So I know for me personally, I may be able to do several outlines for let's say blog content or a podcast episode, I can like brainstorm some ideas, write three to five bullet points for like the talking points. It's a really high level outline. And then from there, I can um, just table those and save the outlines for when I actually record like the episode or do the writing. Now writing specifically, it takes me a little while to get in the mood. It takes me like 30 to 40 minutes often to get the bad writing out of my system and then start generating like good content, start writing the content that I feel more confident about and I get faster. So the first 30 to 40 minutes is pretty slow. It may be garbage, by the way. It may be total garbage, but I'll hit a stride. Something happens um, 30 to 40 minutes in, and then I will get out a lot of you know ideas. I will get a lot of those ideas on paper or I type it into the computer more likely. And then after that, I look up and maybe 90 minutes went by and I wrote way more than I could have imagined, but it took me a little while to get in the zone. Now, why is that important? I could have tried to sit down, brainstorm an idea, do the outline, write it immediately after I did the outline, but if I only have a fixed amount of time, that 30 to 40 minutes may be like all I have, right? So I could do the outline, do the 30, 40 minutes of writing this garbage, and then I stop. So you could see, hopefully, (laughs) I made that point well, where you can like get more work done by batching certain activities together, like brainstorming, do all the brainstorming together, and then do maybe a bigger block of writing or that sort of thing. So that is important, right? So if you could figure out what you're going to work on, know what you're going to be working on before you sit down, you'll be able to get more done. So that's, that's number three. Number four is around deadlines. So me personally, this may not work for everyone, but me personally, I can work really well. I can work faster if I have a deadline that I know is out there. 
it's even better if other people are relying on me somehow. Sometimes it's a little artificial, right? I sort of made the commitment to myself to publish more content on Niche Site Project, for example. So I will publish each Monday, right? We're not doing 100%, but we're doing a lot more publishing of content on Niche Site Project now. Now, again, it's kind of a commitment I made to myself. I didn't tell any readers. I wasn't like, hey, I'm going to send something out every Monday or anything like that. But I know that people are out there wanting to read the new content on Monday or hear the podcast or the YouTube video or whatever. But the point is, if you have um, a deadline and you know you have to get stuff done, you probably will do a better job like getting the work done. You don't have a opportunity to procrastinate because other people are counting on you. So probably in your job, I know my previous gigs, right? I had deadlines that I had to meet. So priorities shift. Um, Sometimes the, hopefully not too much, but sometimes the quality of the work goes down a little bit because you realize shipping it is more important than getting it 100% perfect. And maybe being 95% right and shipping on time is better than being 100% right and shipping late. So the point is, if you have a deadline, you often can get more done in less time because you know that you can't mess around and that you have to ship that product. So that said, it can be very effective, even if you set up like short deadlines along the way. So this is how the Pomodoro technique works partially, right? So the Pomodoro technique, if you're unfamiliar, is a like a, a working style where you work about... I think it's roughly like 23 minutes. I'm just, this is the general idea of it. You work for 23 minutes and then you take a seven minute break. And then you have these different blocks of time that you work and there's a there's a deadline coming up fast. And you do get to take a break, so that's good. So it keeps your mind fresh. That's the other thing. You're not overdoing it. And sometimes you could work longer um, through the course of a day by using the the break periods as well. So you sit down, you work for the 23 minutes or 22 and a half or whatever it is exactly. You know exactly what you're going to work on. You're doing a sprint of work for less than half an hour. You take a break, you do another sprint of work, and overall you're getting more done because you're really focused because you have a deadline. You have a, a timer ticking. So um, I'll leave a link for the Pomodoro, but it's, it's quite popular. You probably have heard of it already. So anyway, those are a few productivity tips. And don't forget to check out Find My Formula. Thanks again to Dan and the rest of the crew over at Find My Formula. And if it's the first time that you listen to The Doug Show, thank you for checking it out. I encourage you to have a look at some of the other podcast episodes. If something sounds interesting, download it, check it out. It'll be awesome if you subscribe and and tell a friend if you really like it. So have a great day and we'll catch you on the next show.